This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Okay, Parshanoff 5782. Parak test Pasuk says, After Noah saved everything on the ta- at, through the Teva, after the Mabel. Noah comes off the table and it says, The fear of you and the dread of you will be upon all the wild animals of the earth, all the birds of the heavens, anything that crawls upon the land, all the fish of the sea, they will be given in your hands. You could have all of these animals, and every crawling animal that lives, it will be for you to eat. I given it to you as the vegetables and the herbs of the field. You have everything. You're allowed to eat everything. And thus, vegetarianism has been destroyed. We are all meat eaters because of this Pusik right over here. It says the Malbim, there's a difference between the word mora and chitas. Mora means that the animal will not be able to do anything to you, while chitas means it will be machnia itself to you naturally. It's going to subjugate itself to you and feel that you are his master. There's one thing that it can't do anything. It's afraid to hurt you. And the second one is that it will act as your slave, similar to how a child feels about an adult. There's not necessarily a fear there. This is in the 1920s when anybody could beat any child and it was perfectly fine. It was actually expected of teachers. This is in 2021 where if you even look at a child, you could be sued. So because of that, there will be sort of, I don't know, that would take away the chitas also. <laughs> that changed a little bit and everything was a little bit different. In the days of Noah, wild animals began to eat meat in the first time, says the Malbim. Wild animals started to eat meat in the first time. I have no idea what those wild animals before Noah did with their canines. I don't know what, it, what they did. What did a lion do? It had those sharp teeth. What did it do over there? And the world began to deteriorate, to deteriorate due to the sins of the people at the time. They were a danger even to human beings. That's why Kaddish Baruch gave them these two brachos. They would feel safe. As a timeout. This has nothing to do with anything. I just, I've always wondered this and I wanted to talk to somebody about this and I don't know who to talk to. I've always wondered. You know how scientists always believe in the theory of evolution that all animals have been adapted to where they are today. They've evolutionized so that they become something, etc., right? So I'm going to give you an example of something which everybody says, like, hey, this is impossible. There's no way that carnivores will ever be able to eat plants ever again. How could a lion that has teeth like that be able to eat plants like it says in Yeshaya? It's not going to happen. And originally, there could never be. It couldn't be that on the Teva for one year, lions couldn't do it. Is anybody here, you've heard of a panda bear, right? You know panda bears have canines? They've got tons of canines. Panda bears, according to scientists, have been around for hundreds of thousands of years. Hundreds of thousands. What do panda bears eat? Lots of little animals, right? Tons of animals and bugs. No, just what? Just bamboo. bamboo. And yet they still have those sharp teeth that every carnivore has. Well, why, does the panda, why didn't the panda bear adapt? Or, you know, evolution should have changed it because it hasn't, it's eaten, and I read this article not too long ago, panda bears have been eating bamboo, and we know this, for hundreds of thousands of years. So how, why? So apparently lions could eat vegetables, if they had enough protein or whatever that it needs to be able to survive, they would be able to do so, and they probably would be less lethargic than they are today. They sleep for 22 and a half hours because of the amount of meat that they eat during the day without any other vegetables. If it would finally have a salad 
finally, like my wife keeps telling, uh, wrong conversation, but if the lion would finally have a salad, then everything would change. And therefore, it should be that even though they have those little sp- sparky teeth, that you know, the little spiky teeth, that's, that's good, they still would be able to do it. So don't tell me it's impossible that carnivores couldn't have eaten, they couldn't be meat eaters before the mobble. It's not impossible. A Kodesh could do anything, and panda bears are my proof. I finally brought a proof from panda bears for something in this world. Nitziv says it is another difference between the two. Mora and chitas. Mora means that animals would run away when a person comes close. Chitas means that they would feel broken if a person approaches them. It's possible that that's the idea behind them. It's similar to what the Malbum says. And the Ksavah Kabbalah says Mora is something that happens very sudden, while chitas is something that happens over time. The danger is near, there's more of a danger near you, etc. There's a Tosefis Rachel, Rebar Chapstein, that also talks about this either way. Rashi quotes a Medrash, Chitchem hints, that any person that is alive will cause animals to feel fear. But when an animal dies, and this is based on a Gemara Shabbos, Kufna Nal from Abayz, a rat will stay away from a one-day-old baby because it's alive, even though it knows that person is not, the baby is not going to be able to hurt it. But Og Melech Bashan, who's dead, the rats will be all over him. There is no fear of a dead human being. There's a fear of a live human being. As long as the person has chius, the animals are afraid of it. The Chovas Levavo speaks about this great kindness in Bechina Hay that we have a fear that the animals feel about us. There's something that they're afraid of us in which they won't do it. Over the past three weeks, I don't know why this has been more than anything else, I have watched four hawks, four hawks, dis- go down and grab animals out of things. How in the world does that not happen to baby? So and also, crazy. It's unbelievable. I saw it four times in the last month. I've seen hunts by hawks grabbing stuff right across the street from my house, literally right into the bush, grabbed a bird, and went out to eat it in the tree right next to it. I've seen it one after the other. How are these hawks, how are eagles not doing this by little babies? And they don't. Yes, there are these cases and whatever it is. But for the most part, it doesn't happen. Why does it happen? There is that fear. This is the idea of Rashi, that there's still a fear. Now, that, but it does happen once in a while, right? And that's what this sure is about. Kliucker says, this is why a bull is willing to go to the slaughterhouse. You have cows that willingly go to the slaughterhouse. They don't rebel against their master, even if they know what's going on. And I don't know what cows know. I, they do seem a little scary and they moo quite a bit. But either way, because of the fear of man upon the animal, they're willing to be slaughtered. They're willing to be slaughtered, says the Kliucker. This is why. The Namuki Yosef says this is the reasoning behind the Gemara in Bavakai where it says, and it's also brought down in Beis Mabes, Muad Lebehema is not a Muad Adam. This idea, if an animal gores three animals, it's a Muad Lebehema, but it's not a Muad Adam. Why? And the Gemara says on Beis Mabes, it's because there's Mazola, a man has Mazol, that might change it a little bit, and Tosa brings it up over there. Here's the Nebuchadnezzar. The Nebuchadnezzar in Zion says the reason why it's not is because of this Pasuk. The animals are afraid of man. So even though they'll go ahead and gore other animals, they won't gore human beings. Tosvos in Bab Metzia, Ein Chesem Tour in Choshen Mishpat, Reish Tzadiel says a shepherd who leaves his flock for a bit is responsible if a wolf comes and takes the sheep. But every shepherd needs a break. Why is the shepherd responsible? He needed a break for a little bit if a wolf comes at that time. The answer is because if he was there, Umora Achem Dechitchem Yel Kochais Aretz would apply and the animal would have never come near. Since he left, that's why the wolf came near. Therefore, there is something behind it. Yes, what's up? 
I'm sorry? I'm saying, but I, mean, I don't mean you can't incite an animal. You know what I'm saying? For sure, if you punch a dog enough, it's going to bite you. And no one's doubting that, right? If you punch a dog, there are instincts that the dog will get there. But we'll have to see, like, how does it happen where, you know, unfortunately, it does happen where animals hurt people unprovoked. How does that happen? I'm sorry? The lion itself bit Noah because he did something wrong with the food. We see that that concept. But I'm going to go even without prov- provocation, without anything that we'll see that a person could get something. But a very good call. We are going to bring that up. The Chavetzelos Eshron wonders, if the only way, this is brilliant, by the way, think about this for a second. If the only way an animal could gore a human being is if it sees him as an animal, right? Because an animal, an animal can't gore a human being. The only way it would is if the person sinned and thus the person is like an animal. So when the animal gores a human being, then it sees it as an animal. Well, then, mu'ad l'behema should be a mu'ad l'adam. Because think about it. A mu'ad l'behema is technically, I mean, really, it gored three people, three animals, and if it gores a person afterward, it clearly, that person was almost like an animal. So technically, it is a muad for that person who just became, so to speak, an animal itself. That person is an animal. It says, and, this question is asked by a lot of people, are both plural. Your, in other words, it sounds like two people. There's a fear that the animals have about two people. It doesn't apply to one person. How are we applying this pasuk to a, uh, for an individual? How can then Muki Yosef says it applies to any person over there? He suggests that this rule is only regarding death that an animal will not kill, right? But damages can occur no matter what. Even if there's a fear by them, animals can still injure and damage. And he says that's true no matter what. So even if they're afraid to kill you, but they're not afraid to damage you. And that's why you still have to be afraid. You have to look out for animals, even though they have a fear of you, a natural fear of you. Nonetheless, there is a worry that they could still damage you itself. And there's a machlokas about this as well, but that's that. The Tur and the Panayach Raza say this promise was given to Noah. Why? What did he do to deserve the animals to be afraid of him? Because the animals got so used to being around people by the Teva itself, they lost their fear of human beings and would hang out with him, these dangerous animals, throughout the rest of his life. Similar to animals in zoos. It is very difficult, not impossible, to release carnivores from zoos. Because they get so used to being around people, they're eventually going to cause something bad to happen without thinking about it because they're so used to, there's a human being, that's my friend, I can get food from that guy. That's the normal thing that happens and eventually injuries occur. When an animal is known to go in certain parks, like a bear for example, and to take from people's part, whatever it is, they will usually take that bear and either move it thousands of miles away or put it in a zoo or some type of park, whatever it is, where it can't touch human beings because once they get used to it, that's what happened on the Teva. The animals got so used to being around Noah, there needed to be a bris that they wouldn't go near Noah afterward. They wouldn't think about Noah because he didn't want these dangerous animals to be anywhere near there. The Raza mayor said that wasn't necessary about Adam Rishon because it was automatic that they felt that fear. Every animal knew that man was its master. But after Noah, when they already had rebelled and now they were used to man on the Teva, that's when this was necessary. Now, that's number one. That's the first answer. The Yalkur Vini number 115 says, when Adam Rishon and Chava sinned, they were no longer on the same level and the animals no longer feared them. They were promised they wouldn't have to worry, but the animals were never really afraid of them by this point by Noah. And therefore, a new bris, a new promise had to be made that animals would be afraid of them. Now, the Oznayim Latorah, this 
Um, this is uh, uh, Representative Friedman's grandfather, I keep forgetting, uh, Rev Sorotskin. Zalman Sorotskin says, all wild animals were docile on the Teva. They were weak, they, were, they, they, they calmed themselves down. But when they were released into the wild, they sh- slowly but surely regained their will to kill and destroy, etc., and do whatever it was. Noah and his sons could not believe what they were listening to. Hashem said, release the animals into the wild. And Noah said, why should I release the lions and tigers into the wild? They're going to eventually kill me and my children. Why would I do that? They're hunting animals. What is the point of them? And a Kaddish Baruch obviously is a reason for everything in the world. However, I do quite often wonder, like when people say like, oh my gosh, we're losing, we're losing more habitats for tigers. I'm like... I, I'm kind of okay with that. <laughs> why do I want... I like, I like tigers and zoos. I'm not sure why I care about the Siberian... Well, truth is, I don't care about the Siberian Peninsula no matter what. So I guess that doesn't make that much of a difference. But when the bear's habitat infringes upon another area, I think I'm kind of okay with getting rid of the bear. I don't mind doing that. And I know if Peter heard me, they'd kill me. And I'm fine with that because they consider me the same thing as a bear. But I'm not. And I don't care about them. So it works out well between the two of us. I'm sorry? I, I, I'm okay with that. Yeah, like, fine, I'll get rid of it. It's paint. It's usually paint. They don't believe in using blood unless it's human blood. So I, I don't know. HaKadosh Baruch Hu quieted their fears by telling them they had nothing to worry about. You have nothing to worry about. They will not harm you at all. And in fact, they'll be afraid of you on condition that you don't act like an animal. As long as human beings don't act like animals, then you're going to be okay. And that's why they were allowed to release those animals into the wild. I once saw a, a thing not so long ago. It was a great uh, video years ago, years and years and years ago, where a bunch of people, they, they released these uh, seals into the wild. They took these two seals. They rubbed off all the oil from them. And they released them in the wild. They had the video cameras on and everything. And as soon as they, they went in, went in, and like their third jump, they were both eaten by an orca, you know, by a killer whale. One of the greatest videos I've ever seen before in my life. The circle of life, you know, it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. It happens. That's definitely there. Rav Chaim Paltiel, the Paneach Raza, the Moshe Zakanim, they ask, if animals have an innate fear of us, then why are there wild animals that kill and hurt people? And we're going to ask this question in different ways throughout the year. How could that be? He says, when a person sins... These all three we've shown him. A malach comes and changes the appearance of that person so that the person becomes like an animal. Like we said before, a muad la could be a muad la adam because that person is like an animal. Give me a second, Yaakov. And therefore, because of that, he says the wording of the pasuk is nim shal kavehemos nidmu. Like we say and tell him, he becomes like an animal. He looks like an animal, and that's what happens. And the Raza Amir says, based on a statement of Rami Barchama in Shabbos Kufnan Alf Mabez, that a wild animal never hurt a person unless he or she appears to it to be like an animal and they lose their Tselem Elohim. At that point, that person is essentially an animal, and therefore the animal is just eating another animal. Yaakov, yeah. No, so that's the idea that we said before. No, in some way, shape, or form, because maybe that's just by killing and not by damages. So no, it wouldn't be considered that way. A muad lebehem and muad That's according to Chavetzel Sharon. But it's a kasha. It's a good question. Yeah, Shlomo. Yeah. It, it, that that Gemara, that Rashi, really, the Rashi of Mazel, which is the second Lushan of Rashi over there in Bezim Abayz, I didn't want to add on to this year because that's a very strange Rashi. Rashi says that Isle Mazel, that human beings have a Mazel and shores don't. The first Pshan Rashi seems to be that 
animals, you know, have less of a life force. Humans have a bigger life force. It's harder to kill them. They can get out of the way and whatever it is. So therefore, that's what it means by mazel. The second shot that there's a malach by human beings that automatically protects them, that's a very hard shot. And that's not something I wanted to go into over here. So I don't have an answer for that. I don't, I don't know what that, what that answer means. Tzvera Shlomo, the Radomsker says, according to the amount of awe and fear that you have of Hashem, the amount of awe and fear that you have, mora'achem v'chitchem, your mora, your chitas, the amount that you have, that's the amount of fear that the animals will have of you. That's how they'll fear you. If mora'achem v'chitchem, if you fear God, yel kochai z'aretz, that will apply to the animals of the land. And if you don't fear Hashem, then animals will not fear you. A little bit different from those Rishonim. The Rishonim were saying you're going to look like an animal. Here we're just saying, if you have fear, they'll be afraid of you. If you don't have any fear, then they're not afraid of you. Igrid de Kala says it was once a chassid who was walking alone in a large forest. His friend asked him why he wasn't afraid of the wild animals that were there. And he said simply, he was more afraid of Hashem. And that fear of Hashem is visible on my face. These animals won't hurt me. They'll stop themselves from doing anything. Not only that, they'll bend themselves over to do what I want them to do. Similar to Daniel in the pit of lions. They'll never do anything to me. And that's why it says at the end of the puzzle, They were given into your hands. You will do anything you want and it'll be perfectly fine. I heard that there's a guy, I, I, I don't know if he's a rabbi or not, I don't know, but some guy who goes into lion cages like, and walks inside and just sits there. And because he has a fear of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he knows that the animals aren't going to hurt him. That's a nut job. He's not that chassid, okay? That's a nut job. Here is a chassid. There's a difference between the two, and I want to be very clear. That guy is... I don't want to say anything. Okay. I'm afraid that that guy might die. This chassid didn't. And that's the difference between the two. Siegfried Wright also thought that they were okay with those white tigers. How did that work out for both of them? Right? It's, it's, it's a problem. That's not an easy thing to get about. And don't pretend you're like this. Again, if you're like this, you should be Megala yourself and say that you're Mashiach because it's about time. If you can literally be, make a lion docile, I, you are Mashiach. And if not, I, just don't go into their cage. This is a very simple request. A very simple request. You know, I have very simple requests sometimes. This is one of them. Remember we talked last week about not drinking from river water? Right? We talked about that last week this week here we go don't walk into a lion cage okay simple request Rosholem and Asha of Brisk was famous for walking into the houses of non-Jews who employed dangerous dogs all over their houses when he walked in they never barked they never moved whatsoever again because he was a tzaddik Bayat Avram says the Orachim HaKadosh now look I, I don't know the Bayat Avram I, 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 he quotes a story from the Orachim HaKadosh to me it sounds like Daniel's story in Daniel but he was once accused of doing something terrible and was thrown into a pit of hungry lions by a sultan. Um, I, 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 they didn't go anywhere near the tzaddik. The sultan eventually pulled him out and apologized to him, asking him how this happened. The Orachim explained this pusik because he feared a Kaddish Baruch Hu, there was nothing for him to worry about. That was why Yaakov Avinu was so upset when Yosef was taken and he thought, a wild animal ate him. How could a wild animal eat Yosef if he's a tzaddik? He couldn't happen because the more you're excited, the more you fear a Kaddish Baruch the more they should be afraid of you. The fact that he was eaten shows he wasn't a tzaddik. That's why he was so upset. That was what happened with Yaakov and Yosef. And that's the idea also why Makas Arov was such a miracle. What happened by Arov, guys? The wild animals went through all, all of Mitzrayim and the Flacy, Hashem separated the Jews. The Jews did not get hurt by the wild animals. But at the time, the Jews were sinners. The fact that they weren't hurt by animals is the biggest miracle because they were 
were like animals at that time. They were on the 49th level of Tuma, and yet they weren't hurt. That was the miracle by such a thing. That's amazing. Taurus Chaim Bamuna says, when Yosef Atzadik was thrown into the pit of snakes and scorpions, right? That's exactly what the Shvatim were thinking. If he truly is a tzaddik, they said, then they won't touch him. And if not, then they'll see him as an animal and the snakes and scorpions will kill him. What's funny is before that, the Medrash says, they stick dogs on him and the same thing happened. I don't know why that didn't convince him that, they, that he was a tzaddik. Once they threw him in and he wasn't hurt by the snakes and scorpions, that should have convinced him, they should have convinced the Shvatim that Yosef was a tzaddik, but whatever it was, that's not what happened. And that's also why at the end of the table, by Noah, Hashem surrounded the table with bears and lions that ate the people that were trying to get onto the table itself. Again, man lost their Tzalem Elohim, so therefore the animals weren't afraid of them. But as long as you keep your Tzalem Elohim, you never have to worry about anything whatsoever. You'll always be able to have that. There's a Shiloh if they're ever Machnia themselves, like by the times of Shlomo Melech, but what a beautiful piece. And that really is. Show your fear of Hashem. Show your Yiras Hashem upon your face, and animals cannot do anything to you. Again, with reason, don't go into a lion cage. I can't. I can't stress that enough. Yeah, Shlomo. No, not going to go into it. My assumption is yes, in some way, shape, or form. The answer, I, I would tell you yes, but why and whatever that for another time. Okay, now the next thing. Rashi says that Adam Arishan was never allowed to eat meat, only vegetables and herbs of the field. Now, we all know the Medrash that while Adam Arishan was in Gan Eden, he was roasted meat by the Malachim and given meat to eat, right? That's a strange Medrash. We're going to go without that for right now, and it's going to be answered according to some of the answers that I'm about to give. But he only ate vegetables and herbs of the ground. Noah and all of his children would be allowed to eat any animal they want, any animal they want. Everything is theirs. What happened and why that changed? Why was Adam Marisho not allowed to eat meat and Noah was allowed to eat meat? Yes, I know. Again, I know about that medrash over there. I also know the Pusik. And Rashi says that Lemech was hunting with two Valkyan and all of a sudden they saw Kayan and they hit him, etc. Right? I know that medrash. And yes, it seems like they were eating meat at the time. But nonetheless, we're going with Rashi where Adam Marisho was not allowed to eat meat. Noah was allowed to eat meat. What happened? So on this question, I have, how many answers do I have here? Do you notice? 12. I have 12 answers. We're not going to do all 12, but let's go through some of them. The Mizrahi says, until this point, both animals and men were created by a Kaddish Baruch Hu, and neither had a Milo over the other. So how could one be allowed to eat the other? Animals couldn't eat men. Men couldn't eat animals. They weren't allowed to do such a thing. But in the times of the Mabel, where every person and animal had sinned, causing the world to be destroyed, if not for the schus of Noah HaTzadik. The world wasn't saved because of an elephant. The world wasn't saved because of a tiger, right? I, I know what PETA says, but I'm promising you, the real schus was from Noah. Noah had the schus that allowed every animal to be saved. If so, Noah had a mila over them, and therefore he was allowed to eat them. The Rachaim HaKadr says this as well, they only survived because of Noah, therefore he was allowed to eat them. More so, the Rishlam of the Marshal says it a little bit differently. Man was born with the Yitzhahara, so when they sinned, it was ex- to be expected. You expected man to sin, they were born, they had the Yitzhahara. Animals did not have the same thing. They were not the same thing as man, and therefore when they sinned, they were put on a lower level. When they also ate from the Eitzadas, let's say, they were put on a lower level. The Chizkuni, the Redactor, the Bechai, the Bechor Shul, all say, since they were saved through the Teva, again, similar answer, they were saved through the Teva, the Yeshua came from Noah, therefore the animals were his to do whatever he wished with them. It's as if they're only alive because of Noah, therefore that's that. He was Kona them, 
says those Rishonim. He mamish owned the animals. The Meshachachma says like the Rishonim and says, what about fish? What, what about fish? All the animals were saved because of Noah, but what about fish? He says, Meshachachma says, simply, there shouldn't be jealousy in my separations. If, if Adam was only, and Noah was only allowed to eat animals, but, or the mammals and the reptiles and whatever, but not fish, there would be jealousy, therefore fish were added on. Rav Chaim Knievsky says originally fish were ushered to be eaten with all the animals because of Adam Rishon's sin. When they were allowed to be eaten, the whole Isser fell off. The whole Isser fell off. Now everything's mutter. So therefore the fish were allowed over there. Or Noah saved them through his tefillos because he kept the waters cool. The waters could have heated up and killed all the fish. Noah Davin. So even though the fish didn't make it onto the table, they were still cooled in the ocean because of Noah's tefillos, and therefore they were saved in Noah's chus as well. All of that is one big answer, guys. All of those we shown him is one big answer. Noah saved them. Noah had the teva. Noah did something, etc. And therefore the animals are his to do whatever he wants with them. He's allowed to eat them. Yes, yeah, Not true. They sinned. We have that straight out. That's not true. Second question. Again, did the animal sin? Okay. Divrimi Shoman. But Divrimi Shoman. Doesn't make a difference. Was the snake was the snake punished? Okay, yeah. Okay, two. Before the Chet of Adam Rishon, yeah, it's possible. I didn't want to get into that. I said, I'm not getting into that metrosh. It's possible before the Chet of Adam Rishon, he was allowed to eat meat, and it only started after the sin itself. It's possible. I, I don't want to get into that, because that's too complicated, and it goes into, there's so many things here. But yeah, you're 100% right. The Lachayim HaKadosh adds another two reasons why Noah was allowed to eat meat from that point on. Number one, he worked like a dog over the table. He worked so hard for them. He did everything for them. He made sure they had everything they needed. That was so big. The al says, that's the difference between Adam Rishon and Noah. Adam Rishon caused all the animals to die. Noah caused all the animals to live because he worked for them. Therefore, he was allowed to, allow, allowed to eat them. And the third answer that we have is he also says that since Noah brought korbanos after leaving the table, the korbanos allowed him to eat the, the animals. That korban, the reach nikoach, allowed him to be able to eat the animals. The kliakr says, Adam Rishon was considered an amaaretz. Can you imagine? Adam Rishon. The smartest man of all time. He named all the animals. He's on the level of an Am Haaretz. In Psach and Mem Tesim we learned that an Am Haaretz, a person who's regular, who's not a Tamakach, he doesn't learn at all, is usher to eat meat. What a Gemara. What a Gemara. Why? It seems like there's something special about eating meat because you're raising it to another level. You're bringing it to a higher level, from the level of a domain to a tzomeach, to a chai, to a medaber, to a human being, to bring it to another level. An Am Haaretz is no better than a Chaya. He's not using his life for any constructive purpose. So he's just, for all intents and purposes, a chaya. So that chai does not have the hatcher to take away meat to be given over to a human being who could raise it to another level. That's why Inama Aretz wouldn't be allowed to have it. That's the concept behind it. So the Kliakr says, that's the idea behind it. And he says even further, food that we eat changes our moods. I don't think we need much of a proof to that. We all know that when we go to Emma's, we're very, very happy. We know when we go to other places, not as happy, right? That's 100% true, Mr. Freeman. I agree with that, right? So clearly, so when you go to a certain place and you have certain foods, it's going to change your mind. You're going to feel this way, feel that way, especially when it comes to meat. Animals are filled with blood, etc., and that blood is in the meat. It's Yes, we take out as much as we can with the salt itself, but it's there. It affects you. It has that effect on you. It's there 
within you, says the Kliyakar. Therefore, because of that, only someone chashuv who knows it won't affect him, who can raise himself up a level, that guy can eat meat. And no one else could. And therefore, Adam Marishim was not on that level. Noach and those after him were on that level, which is amazing to say that non-Jews after Noach were on the same level, on a higher level than Adam Marishim. That's unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. That's what the, Ksav, what the Kliyakr says. Aksav HaKabala, he goes into a whole long thing. I'll tell you, it's about three pages. You can look it up yourself, but the Ksav is a beautiful thing about, you'd think that man is less than animals because a man's, for example, a man's waist smells worse than almost all animals. A man's body decomposes worse than almost all animals. A man has all these issues that doesn't apply by animals. So it seems like man is less than an animal. Why are we allowed to eat animals if we're, we're almost like less than them? We were born on the, we were made last as opposed to everything else. And he goes through the milas of an Adam. Why is an Adam greater than all animals and all plants, plant life and everything on earth? It's a beautiful piece. But he goes through, it's the same basic idea as what we just said that Yonis Hagershini says as well. If you have no neshama, then you're an animal. So why would you eat an animal? Adam Rishon was missing that part of his neshama because of his sin. Noah gained it back by saving the world. That's the idea behind it. Barbanel says a fifth reason. Noah, his children were worried. He said the world was destroyed. There's nothing to eat, says the Barbanel. What were they going to eat? They got off the teva and they look at the world. The world's totally destroyed. All the food on the teva is gone. What are we going to eat? We're going to have to plant and we'll do everything in the ground. But it's going to take a while. What are we going to do until that point? Says Hashem. For now, you can eat meat. For now, you can eat meat. It was a temporary heter that became a permanent one. Isn't that an amazing answer? It was only reason why is because other Marishan had fruits. Other Marishan had the wheat, had good stuff in the ground. But then everything was stopped because of the mobile, and then they had to do everything else. Yeah. But you already, you, you, just, you just told us about the animals that some of them eat only meat. Just plants, etc. Yeah. So what did they eat? Exactly. Yeah. I, I don't know. It would be awesome if a cow started eating sheep. That would be absolutely unbelievable. Plus, we even say that the kerem, the vineyard that Noah made, he built in the ground, miraculously sprung up immediately because the Kaddish Baruch Hu didn't want them to starve. It's an unbelievable answer. But that's what the Abarbanel says. The Abarbanel says, take all miracles out of the equation. There was nothing to eat for them. So what they had to do is eat meat temporarily. I guess every animal had to eat some sort of meat temporarily. And then he went on from there. You had to do something from there. What an unbelievable... It's just... It's crazy. Yeah. In Ganeid, remember, if we go with Midrashim, then it was Ganeidin. If not, it could have been they were starting to grow, but there wasn't enough for them to eat just yet. Something was starting to grow back, but they didn't have enough that was, that was out there for them. But a good call with the Alei Zayas. That's 100% true. Tzor Amor says, Adam Arishon was a perfect intellect. He was the handiwork of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. He wasn't allowed to dirty his mind by eating animal meat. You know how we said before, like, Adam Arishon was on a lower level. Couldn't be it. He wasn't able to eat meat. No, Adam Arishon was so awesome, he couldn't eat eat meat because it would ruin him. That's the idea behind it, which sounds like vegetarianism is the way to go, right? That sounds like being a vegetarian, you don't ruin your mind. But, he says something obvious, Sora Moore says, he was also built differently. He was innately strong and powerful. He didn't need meat to live a long life. He was able to live happy and healthy like in Walgreens and he was fine being a vegetarian. Both he and his children and his grandchildren afterward, that lasted for 1,600 years until the Mabel happened. None of these reasons applied for Noah and his children. Noah and his children were not living in that world anymore. They needed meat to be able to survive. But... This is like a pure proof for those people who claim that you could be a vegetarian as long as you know how to get the essential vitamins and minerals from the plants that you eat. That does sound that way, right? The only reason why we eat meat is because we need to. 
But if you can figure out a way not to, then don't. That's, that seemingly is what the Torah more says. I, I, that seems that way as well. Rev. Victor Miller seems to say the same. However, he's very mockbid. You must eat meat. Once Hashem told us to eat meat, you have to eat meat. That's the classic Rev. Victor Miller sort of style. He said, the, the perfection of the vegetable world before the mabul was so great, you could eat a grape and you were fine. You didn't need anything else. You had all the proteins, all the minerals, everything you could get from meat you had in a grape. So you didn't need anything else. What were you eating anything else for? After the mobble, when the world was destroyed and they had to go out, then it had to change. Everything had to be removed. Baruch Zabosim says this. The Malbim said this. They went to certain areas, etc. That changed. But Victor Miller says it very clearly. But now we must eat meat because Hashem told us to. Because Hashem told, So eat meat. So go ahead and do it. I, I don't want to stuff it down anybody, any vegetarian so because you still have the Tzorah more to go back on. Tzorah more is, I, to me, seems clear that that would be a nice raya for vegetarianism, for those who want to be a vegetarian and want to keep it that way. However, again, Rev. Victor Miller, go with Rev. Victor Miller. I think that's, that, that's the awesome one. The Tzorah more says a seventh reason. It could have been a punishment for admiration because he sinned originally. Noach didn't have that. Okay, that's that. There's another, the Mekach Tov, the Oznayim Torah. There was stealing, etc. There's higher forms, etc. There's a bear Mayim Chaim quoting the Arizal, when Adam Rishon brought his first korban that was metakin every animal, they didn't need to be eaten in order to be raised to another, another level. After the world sinned, they lost that Milo. The only way they'd be able to be Milo to a different level is through Adam Rishon, etc. That's that. The Tam Bidas has another thing over there, also about the levels and whatever it is. And finally, Rebbe Chanu Asman, when people began to steal and take from other people, from everybody else, it led them to believe that the only way to do anything is to use others. You need somebody else in order to survive. Hashem then made it that everything in the world would need something else in order to survive, like people needing animals to get the proper proteins they need to survive. That was the change that allowed to go through. He says, it's like a sick person who has to take a certain medicine, but the medicine has its side effects, and you're going to get sicker in a different way because you have to take that medicine. But in order to survive, you need this medicine. What can you do? It's going to happen. If a person, Chas Shalom, has, let's say, Parkinson's disease, there are medicines you can take, but it, it, does, it does have an effect on the brain. So you have to do it, and there's medicine out there. That's the idea, Rebbe Hanan says. It might not be the best, but that's the world that we're living in today. That's the idea behind it. There's a Panach Raza and a Tosfos and a Moscow, a Dovid over here, about whatever, but we're going to stop with this. It sounds like all meat was allowed to be eaten by Noach and his children. Everything. Meaning, if Noach wanted to eat, let's say... A pig, he could eat a pig. There was no issue with eating not kosher food, right? If Noah wanted to eat bugs, he could eat bugs. If Noah wanted to eat lobster, he could eat lobster. He could have anything he wanted. That's what it sounds like. It's all yours. It's in your hands. It's in your hands. You can eat whatever you want, okay? The Chizkuni says, not everything was mutter. The Chizkuni in the back. Just like the herbs and grass of the field, and that's the Pasuk. It's your seed. Like the herbs of the ground. He says, there are certain herbs that we do eat and certain herbs that we don't. Certain herbs are poisonous to us. We know that. We can't eat certain things. So too when it comes to animals. Some of them were mutter and some of them were not. And Noah was allowed to decide which were mutter and which were not. The Balitosis seems to say that that was meant for Klau Yisrael later on, but B'nai Noach never took that on. B'nai Noach are allowed to eat everything, they can l'chachil eat everything, and it seems there. But the Chizkuni seems to say there are animals that are usr, there are animals that are mutter, and Noach had to decide between that. Rav Shevel, who wrote his parish to the Ramban and the Rabbeinu Bechaya, he is the, the bottom parish on both the Ramban and the Rabbeinu Bechaya, says the wise men of Islam, 
used to use this Pusik to show that there's nothing wrong with eating any other animals that are not mentioned in the Torah. So, for example, they would say like chazir or camel or um, whatever the hair and the hyrax are, the shafan and the arneves, those are problematic. But the other animals, for anybody else, should be able to be eaten. There's no reason for a Kaddish Baruch Hu, so to speak, change his mind letter and only allows certain animals to be eaten. I don't know how they understand Parsons, right? whatever it is, but Rishavel quotes that the wise men of Islam from the Rabbin of that that's the idea of what he said. To that we say they're misunderstanding this Pasuk. Some vegetables and herbs could not be eaten. So too, there are certain animals that would be problematic and non-Jews are included in that prohibition. Everyone can eat kosher animals. And there are certain animals that non-Jews are allowed to eat, even though they're not in the list of kosher, because they're not required to. But there are certain animals that they cannot. And I would say that, you know, like I know it's not an animal, but something like a puffer fish, right? Where there are massive problems that if you eat it in the wrong way, you can become poisoned and die. That is something that obviously would be included in this category. That's according to the shot in the text. You cannot eat something that is dangerous. Even if you think you can get around it, you can't eat something like that. That's what it seems like. The Rabbeinu Ephraim actually says, Kiyerek Asev is the limitation. Kiyerek is the gematria of 330, which is the gematria of uh, Bishhuta, something that is shechted. Just like herbs and vegetables have no life, so too they were forbidden from eating Aver Minachai, you can't eat anything from something that is alive, and that's it. You have to have everything dead before you had it. The Akrovania number 117 talks about it as well. However, there is the Igritikala. The Rebbe of Dinov, the author of the Bnei Yisoskar, says the word Eskol, that's mentioned in this Pasuk, Eskol, both of those are very big inclusions. Aleph through Tuf in the word S and Kol means absolutely everything. Yes, I, I, I do know, and I should point this out. Chaf and Lamed are obviously the middle letters of the alphabet, and Aleph Tuf are the beginning and the last letters of the alphabet. Both of them are inclusive. That's interesting, right? S and Kol are the inclusive letters of the alphabet. That's when you include something. And it is something for that, but it's not for right now. That includes anything that comes from the animals as well. You're allowed to eat eggs. You're allowed to drink milk that come from any of these animals. You'd be allowed to have it. Non-Jews would be allowed to have anything from any animal. I've always wanted to have an ostrich egg. We can't. We can't have ostrich eggs. There are ostrich farms around San Diego, all around San Diego. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. You look around, there's like hundreds of ostriches just running around with their goony little arms, you know, their goony little wings trying to fly and they know they can't, right? And they lay these huge eggs. They're like that big. An ostrich omelet. I would love to have it. Kodesh Baruch told me not to. So I'm not able to. They're able to and they're able to be eaten. Nonetheless, there's an exception. The one exception, which is in the next passage, the blood of the animals is not allowed to be eaten. Although you can have all these animals, you don't need to shecht, and you don't need kosher. You're allowed to have these animals. You're even allowed to have what comes out from these animals. The blood is forbidden. And why? Apparently it affects them. We don't know exactly what that means, but there's something that gets affected in them. And therefore, you can't have that blood. The blood of animals is going to be forbidden, and that's why it keeps being repeated to us. Even if we're allowed to have kosher animals, even we... Four times in the Torah we're told, do not eat the blood of the animals. The nations of the world are warned this as well. Do not eat the blood of the animals. Apparently it brings about an animalistic side to you that you don't want. And therefore they're not allowed to have that. But everything else should be perfectly much. So what we learned today, everybody, was that concept of what it
it means that the fear is upon you. Number one, the concept of chitchem, that maybe it comes from within. Maybe it's because of your own fear that applies to everyone else. It's possible that's the idea behind if animals see you as an animal versus they see you as a human being. We went into the idea of the amount of all you have of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Why, are, why was Noah allowed while Adam Arishon was not? And we finally ended off with this idea of why Noah and his children, why they would be allowed to have maybe anything, maybe any animal that's out there in the world. Shkai, everybody. Have a great Shabbos.